So I want to talk to you today about voices. This should be a topic that we can get into the first part of this year and kind of think about what are our directions and what are the voices that we're listening to. Years ago, I was coaching uh, my kids' basketball team, and nothing to the level that Coach Miller does, but um, I remember when I was coaching, I had an assistant coach, and every time I would go out and tell the kids something and give them some instruction, my assistant would jump up and start and immediately interrupt me and start telling the kids the exact same thing that I was trying to tell them. And he said, Isn't that? and then he'd finish and he would say, isn't that what you're trying to say, Dave? And I said, that is what I was trying to say. In fact, that's what I was trying to say when you interrupted me. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of voices in our lives that um, can be detrimental when there's multiple voices saying the same thing or when there's conflicting voices. So I need to say a couple things just to kind of set this up for us today. I'm going to be sharing with you today some things that I believe one of them is the number one, number one issue that God wants to deal with all of us this year, beginning today. And that is the issue of humility. And if you value your friendship with God, which I hope you do, and if you don't have that friendship with God yet, I hope that you will, uh, and hopefully something that is said or you experienced today is, is helping you want to develop that friendship with God, because God loves you, right? And he wants to develop a friendship with you. But if you already are there and you care about that, and you care about hearing his voice for this year um, and his direction for you, because he has his plans, he has his directions for you this year, that he wants to speak to you then your greatest enemy to hearing his voice will be your pride. And so I hope that it will become your greatest passion this year to develop in humility. And so I'm going to share with you some very difficult things about pride and humility. Uh, we're going to talk about fasting Diane mentioned that we're starting a 21-day journey on fasting, and uh, it takes humility to fast. You find that in Scripture, you find humility and fasting and cloaked together uh, often in Scriptures. Uh, we're going to talk about marriage relationships. I have some things to say about that. And marriage always demands humility. And we'll talk about thankfulness. Because thankfulness, listen, thankfulness and pride cannot exist together. Once you're thankful, pride just goes out the window. So whatever you're struggling with today, and we're all struggling with different issues, there's an area of humility that God wants us to develop in. And if you'll be thankful, then that humility will grow. So creating an atmosphere where, in your heart where humility can grow is our objective. Not just today, but throughout this year. And I will say one more thing about this is that I want you to know that when it comes to these things, I am the number one repeat offender in the house today. I struggle with this. Pride haunts me in my work, in my relationships, in my marriage. Um, it's a difficult thing for me to reduce that pride to literally, as Scripture says, crucify it and allow humility to, to, to grow and develop in me. So uh, don't think that I'm talking to you like I got it all figured out and I got it all together because that is not the case at all. I fail in this over and over again. But... We're in this together, we're growing together, and we want to grow in humility this year. Uh, and we want pride to have a lesser effect on our lives this year. So, Okay, so here we go. And I, I want to start by asking you a, a few questions. I have three questions for the new year. First of all, I, I ask that you would ask this question of yourself. What voices am I listening to? What voices... 
am I listening to? Is it the voice of culture? And culture is dictating to you what is important and what you need to be doing and what you need to be thinking. And we get culture from our influences in our lives. It could be at work. It could be relationships. It can be media. It could be uh, YouTube. It could be anything. You know, it could be anything where culture is, and that's all around us. Um, is it the voice of family members that you're listening to the most? Is that the highest priority? So that if God were to say something a little bit different than your family member um, that has influence in your life, would you be able to listen to God's voice instead of your family member? Um, is it the voice of doubt? A lot of us struggle with doubt, and I, I completely understand that. Um, everything that I've done to step in God's will is required faith, and there's been doubt that, that plagues my mind. Um, so I, I completely understand that, but what I've always had to learn in every step that I've taken is that I have to take those steps of faith regardless of how much doubt is screaming in my mind. There's a voice of doubt and there's a voice of faith, and I just choose. Often I've ha had the choices to choose the voice of faith instead of the voice of doubt. So ask yourself the question, is that the voice that is predominant in my ear right now? Is it the voice of doubt? Is it the voice of faith? Is it the voice of fear? Are, are, are there some things that are plaguing your heart and your mind that you're just scared of, you're just frightened about? Things that have not happened, but you're afraid of them happening. That's the voice of fear. Would you, would you consider listening to the voice of faith and the voice of love that comes from heaven instead of the voice of fear and the voice of doubt. That's what God would want us to do if you'll humble yourself, especially for the next 21 days, and, and start to quiet, quiet these other voices and allow God to speak to you. I believe when you recognize his voice, and, and I believe that you will, that you'll find that God is speaking much encouragement to you, much strength and much faith. Because that's what comes from heaven. Do you think, I just propose this thought to you, do you think that if you were to listen to the voice of God this year, maybe even just now or, or for the next three weeks, do you think if you were able to perceive what God was saying, do you think that that would make a positive difference in your life the rest of this year? Nod your head if you think that that would make a positive difference to be able to hear the voice of God. Well, I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible that God can communicate from heaven to us. And that we can receive it. We can learn what it is. We can listen to it and apply it to our lives. Maybe you have some heartache that's going on. Maybe, maybe he can bring some healing. Maybe there's some direction that you need and you're not sure exactly which direction which decision to make I believe that God cares if you care about it God cares about it and I believe that he has direction for you in those areas too maybe you are discouraged last year was a tough year for you and you've come through it you're, you're okay you're 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 living and breathing but you're discouraged from it and I believe that God has a word of encouragement for you that, that, will, that you can draw strength for and you can get your feet back up under you for this year. And maybe you've got some problems that didn't get solved in 2017 and, and you're, still, you're, you're still faced with these unsolvable problems. God is the one that knows everything. God is the one that has all wisdom and he knows how to solve problems. And if his voice can come to us and lead us and direct us, even in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise figured out, then I believe that he can solve those problems. Do you? So that's what the voice of God, that's how important it is that we hear the voice of God this year. But before I can really hear God's voice, I found this to be true, that I have to prepare myself to hear God's voice. I can't just go about my regular business and expect to hear God's voice. Sometimes he might intervene in those situations, but 
Most of the time, there's a part that I have to play. I have to prepare myself to hear God's voice. I want to talk to you a little bit about doing that. Preparation in anything in my life I've experienced, I've found that preparation has never lost time. Would you agree? I mean, you've prepared for things, and, and it's, never, uh, it's never lost time. Paul instructed Timothy about preparation. He said these words in, in his letter to Timothy. He said, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful to the master, prepared for every good work. I believe God has great things for each of us and us as a body this year. I really do. I believe that. I sense that. Um, but I think that there's some things that, and, and I believe that there are important lessons that we need to learn in preparation to hear and follow those directions. Prep work sometimes I think is very difficult and it's time consuming. Um, but it's always worth it. If I could brag on the Bulldog basketball team a little bit, they're 9-1 and one right now, and uh, they're doing so well, and it's fun to watch them, try to get out there and, and see them some during this year, uh, during this season, special season again. And the thing is, they didn't get to 9-1 and one just by accident. It took a lot of preparation. Those kids have been playing together for years and years, and uh, Coach Miller's been coaching for years and years, and the, when it all comes together like that, it, it's just special when it happens like that. And they're not where they want to be by the end of the season. They have much more preparation to take uh, seriously. And if you think about where you want to go with God and what you would like to see God do in your life, just scratch that down on your bulletin or somewhere else uh, or make a mental note or put it in your phone. This is, these are some of the things that I'd like to see God do. Uh, he's not opposed to answering prayer. He's not opposed to you bringing those things to him over the next 20 days and, and just put it before him like, like this. God, I'd just like to see you move in this area, in my life, in my heart. Be more humble. I would like to, to understand this book of the Bible. I would like to be able to solve this relational problem. I would like to see your intervention in my life in this way. I would like a new job. You know, whatever your desires are, jot those down. Don't let them get away from you and make it a matter, a serious matter of preparation that you'll bring that before the Lord in the next uh, few weeks. Um, without preparation, we really, we can't go anywhere. Without preparations, our abilities and our relationships stay the same or they deteriorate. So preparation is the mother of expectation. Prepare better, expect more, do better, enjoy more. Jesus said this. I want to go right back to this voice thing because it's so critical for us to hear this. Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I used to quote that wrong. I always used to say, my sheep listen to my voice, and I know him, and they follow me. And I always thought that that was talking about, I know God, but that's talking about God knows you. <laughs> he knows where best to lead you. He knows where to take your thoughts. He knows where that you need the best work. He knows everything about you. And he has a voice that he wants to speak to you. And if I can perceive the voice of God for my life, I'm going to be better off if I follow it. Obedience is always better. Obedience to that voice is so good. The single most important thing that you can do to prepare yourself to hear God's voice is to, one by one, this is the part of preparation that's hard, is to, one by one, shut out those other voices. If you have multiple voices coming at you, you can't hear the one voice that's the important one. So I want to encourage you for 20 days, one by one, shut out those other voices. What are those other voices? Well, for me, I just speak for myself, the voice of food. All right, nobody's looking at me. The voice of food, that's a strong voice, and it's a loud voice in our lives. 
How can I, I'm just posing the question, how can I shut out that voice to where it's not screaming at me all the time and dominating, dominating me all the time, dominating what I'm hearing in my, in, in my ears? So that would be one. The other is the voice of time. Everything that I got to get done today, you know, all these accomplishments that I want to get done, your schedule, the voice of time speaks so loudly in our lives. I'm asking you for 21 days, beginning today, to look at your time where it's screaming at your, your, your ear and it's all in your mind about what you need to be doing all the time and carve out some time to spend extra with the Lord to hear His voice. Would you do that? It'll make a big difference this year. And the third is this, the voice of entertainment. Um, and God's not against any of this. He's not against food. He's not against time. He's not against entertainment, um, especially the sanctified entertainment, you know, like the NFL. I'll just, I'll just be real frank with you. I was preparing this, and I was like, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I know what I do with food. There's some things I'm going to do with food. Time, I know what I do. Entertainment, oh. And I know, I know it wasn't the devil. I know it was because the devil wouldn't tell me this. But I just had this thought, you know, you really like the playoffs. I do. I love January playoffs with the NFL. And I just thought, you know, this thought came to me. I don't need to watch all those games. Because I looked at who was playing yesterday, today, and over the next few weeks. I want to see every game. I really want to see every game. There wasn't one game I wasn't interested in. And so part of what my fast will be, I know that I can get on the computer and just Google the game, and they'll give me a 10-minute rundown of every play that was important in that game. And so what I've decided to do on that part is I'm not going to spend the hours in the front of the tube watching these games. I'm going to just find out later what happened for 10 minutes on each game, catch up that way, and spend the rest of the time more profitably in prayer. I'll tell you how it goes as we go. I'm going to watch all the Super Bowl. So these are all voices that drown out the perfect whisper of God. And that whisper of God can carry you to success unimagined. Change your life. You know why? Because God's perfect whisper is life. And there's nothing more valuable than God speaking to you. Nothing. I'd like to read a passage of scripture found in the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 19. First of all, I want to give you a little bit of a background of it. Um, prophet Elijah, who prophets are pretty good about hearing from God, aren't they? I mean, that's why they're prophets. And they're pretty good about expressing the voice of God. That's why they're called prophets. And uh, Elijah he was in conflict with other what were called false prophets. And so he gathered all these false prophets. Now this is another day and another time, and things were pretty rough and brutal back then. And I'm glad we don't live in that time, but some of these things are, are hard for us to understand how, how they would come, how God would be behind them. But he was. It was a brutal age. But Elijah brought all the, these false prophets together, and he piled up a... A huge bonfire of wood without lighting it. And he said, all right, I'm going to challenge every one of you. And I'm putting this in my own words. You can read it on your own. But he said, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge every one of you. Call on your gods. Little G. Call on your gods and see if you can light that up. And if you can't, then, and I can, then my God reigns. So they did all and they couldn't light it up. And so he said, are you done? Are you finished? And 
They had nothing more. So Elijah stood up. And he said, pour water on it. So they poured water on it. And he prayed to God and called on God. And it all came into great blaze. And then he had all of those false prophets slaughtered. Every last one of them. And you think about him now. Again, this is brutal. This was a different time and age. But do take away this, that God is zealous for purity. He is zealous for purity. And so that, was, that, that, that happened. And you see this Elijah, this prophet, this man of God that was so full of faith and so used of God in this moment. And immediately King Ahab and his queen Jezebel hear about this and they put a warrant for his arrest and his death. And he takes off running for a whole day. He runs in the opposite direction. He doesn't have any real good direction. He just knows he's running from Ahab and Jezreel trying to preserve his life. He's, he's running in fear, and he's really running with no purpose. He falls asleep out of exhaustion after running one day, and an angel wakes him up and gives him some food, and he runs another 40 days. And he's out in the wilderness, and... Elijah is in this state that we all are familiar with, a state of discouragement, a state of purposelessness, a state of lack of direction. And you may be there right now. You may have come through a whole year of that, and you still don't have the direction that you would like. So you may be able to relate with this. But So Elijah is looking for the voice and the direction and the purpose of God. And so he's at this place, and God says, I'm going to pass by you, and I'm going to show you some things, and the voice of God's going to come, and we're going to pick it up. As the Lord was passing by, a fierce wind, a tornado, tore mountains and shattered rocks ahead of the Lord. Listen to this. But the Lord was not in the wind. Some of us had tornadoes in our relationships and tornadoes in our in our work environments and tornadoes in our finances. And, and I just want to tell you that the Lord's not in that. He's not in bringing destruction to you. And then it says, but the Lord was not, uh, it has, was not in the wind. After the wind came an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Some of you just had everything shaken around you. Nothing is still. Everything is shaking. Everything that you've trusted in is shaken but the Lord's not in that. A lot of times we put the Lord and we ascribe that to being the Lord, but the Lord's not in that. The Lord's voice is somewhere else. And after the wind came an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And some, some of you have experienced in 2017, everything in your life had been burned up. But the Lord's not in that. It says, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. You know why he's not in those things? Because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, not God. I preached this for 31 years, and I believe it more than I ever did when I first started. The Lord is not in destroying lives unless they set themselves against him, and he has no other choice. He is in the business of, of, of blessing people, of lifting them up. He wants to encourage you and strengthen you. So he's not in those things. When his voice comes to you, he's not going to come in those things. And Elijah's watching this, and he's wondering where the voice is. And, and uh, it says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And verse 12 says, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, there was a quiet, whispering voice. The Lord was in that voice. The Lord was in that Another translation says a still, small voice. Another translation says a soft, gentle voice. Another, vo another translation says a low, gentle whisper. That's where God was. I can't hear the voice of faith if the voice of doubt is screaming too loud. I can't hear the voice of love if the voice of revenge is screaming too loud. The only way I can hear the voice of the Father is if I quieten those other voices 
so that I can listen to the still, small, quiet whisper of God. So to prepare myself to hear God's voice, I had to still those other voices. The next thing that I do to prepare myself to listen to the voice of God is number two. Ask yourself this question. What am I filling myself with? What am I filling myself with? Still with me? Okay. Following is God's will for each of us this year. And I'm going to read from Paul's words in Ephesians. And this is really fantastic. Some most powerful words of Scripture. So well, I'll just begin by reading some of this. And we've got the Scriptures up here. You can jot it down too. Ephesians chapter 4. Or, I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to take it home, take some more time with it. Follow God's example. Therefore, dearly beloved children, walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So I want to ask you first, I'm going to ask you some, I told you I was going to say some hard stuff, so um, kind of bear with me and, and take it to heart. But who in your relationships do you need to love and give yourself to? All right? Who are those? In order to follow God's will and listen to his voice, first of all, I have to prepare my heart by doing what I do already know to do. A lot of times we're looking for specific directions and we are, are, we're completely overlooking the obvious. You get that? Sometimes, oh God, show me what to do. Well, you're not doing what I told you to do, what you already know to do. So we have to back up and say, oh, I'm messing up there, I'm messing up here, and I'm messing up there. I'm going to correct this, I'm going to correct this, and I'm going to correct this. And now, once I get those corrected and I start walking in the light that I have, the things that I already know to do, I'll start doing those. Then I'm open and I'm, I qualify myself to hear the voice of God on specific direction. So it's extremely important that we walk in what we know to do. If we don't, a lot of times what we do is we roll over that and then it's very difficult to hear anything. We get numb almost. We, we can't hear the voice of God because he's like, do this. You, knew, you know to walk in love. All right. So Ephesians 5 is there for every one of us right now, right? I got four fingers pointing back to me right here. So follow God's example, therefore, is Dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now let's go on. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. You know, that is so countercultural, isn't it? We live in a culture that drives us sexually, that drives us in all these different avenues of sexual expression, but it says here, there shouldn't even be a hint of that among us. Not even one hint. It's a high standard, isn't it? But that's what it says. So that's what I have to do to follow the will of God. But among you, there should not be even a, a hint of sexual immorality. Does that mean I never mess up? No, it just means that I, I am, when I make mistakes when I have those impure thoughts, that I, I bring them to God and ask Him for forgiveness and He cleanses me. Right? And that's what we have to do continually. Um, and then he, I wish Paul would have quit right there. <laughs> but he doesn't. He keeps on going. And he says, or any kind of impurity. Anybody ever had an impure thought? Because these... Or, or, or of greed. Oh, he gets that one. All right. So, so I got no sexual immorality. I've got no impurity. Oh, greed. Mm. Greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So God wants to take us from those things and bring us into thanksgiving. Because when you're into thanksgiving, you can hear the voice of God. You can hear him more clearly which are out of place, but are rather of thanksgiving. So I like to, you know me, I like to hunt and fish. And one of the things that I do when I'm out in the woods, 
during those seasons that it's warmer, there's ticks out, those blood sucking. I don't know why God created those things. But if I come in from the woods, what do I do? I check myself everywhere for ticks because they're blood sucking things that get in little crevices in your skin. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. There's millions of ticks around. And they always say that cold weather kills the bugs and the ticks. I've never, next spring, I never, every spring, I've never seen one less tick. Just wanted to share that with you. But they, these things, these impure thoughts, they're like ticks. They'll suck the life out of you if you don't get on them and get them off. Uh, let's go on. For of this, you can be sure. Not a whole lot in life that you can be totally positive about, but this you can be sure of, that no immoral, impure, greedy person, such a person is an idolatry, uh, idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now I'm not talking about, this isn't talking about going to heaven and all that kind of thing and having eternal life. I'm not talking about that. But you'll miss the life of God on earth if you don't follow these things. So let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath come on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. He goes on to say, For you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord, and live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists of all goodness. Now here's where the voice of God will speak to us in these areas. First of all, in goodness. Secondly, in righteousness. And thirdly, in truth. And once I have those kinds of thoughts governing the way that I think, then I find out what pleases the Lord, as it says. Have nothing to do with the fullness of the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. God wants to illuminate you so that you can become a light wherever you go. And that's why I said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the the dead, and Christ will shine on you. See, I, I want to say these things. I want to share these things because I believe that Christ wants to shine on each one of us this year and make you shine and become a light wherever you go. And he says, be very careful then. Everybody say, very careful. Then how you live. So that's the warning to us right now for this year. Be very careful how we live this year. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. There's so much evil, and it's on the increase. I'm sure you're aware of that. So the voice of God for us today is to be very careful how we live in 2018, making sure that we're eliminating these things that are not pleasing to God and making sure that the things that please God are part of our lives and increasing. I want to continue. Be very careful what you fill yourself with. And this next verse, verse 17, says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know that you can understand what the Lord's will is for you right now? And here it is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you, what are you filling yourself with? And what will you fill yourself with this year? Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, seeing and make me- melody or music with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks. I'd like you to close your eyes for a second, and I'd like you to think of one thing right now that you're thankful for. Now thinking of one, now think of another that you're thankful for. I'm thinking of that second thing. Now think of a third thing that you're thankful for. And I'm thinking of a third thing that I'm thankful for. And that's how, you can open your eyes, that's how we get into thankfulness. 
We call it to remembrance. We call it into our mind. We do it on purpose. You're preparing your heart to hear the voice of God with thankfulness. And we can do that. It's a discipline, but it's something that we need to do repeatedly more and more every day. Let's go on. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's see what else comes under the obvious will of God. Things we just don't even really need to pray about that much because they're already written, they're already there. (laughs) What's the will of God for this? And Well, if it's already written, you don't even need to ask. Just ask him to bring it to light to your mind so that you can see it to act on it. And here it is in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. Submission is the will of God. Submission is the will of God to one another. Notice that I'm, I'm to submit to you. And there's mutual submission, and that's of God. And what would be the opposite? Rebellion, um, unsubmission. So the thing that keeps me from following the will of God in this is my pride. It's my pride. The thing that kills the life of God in me is my unwillingness to submit because of pride. So can I ask you the question, where are you feeding your wounded pride? Where can you submit to the will of God? Out of reverence for Christ. God never asked me what I'm going through in that situation. He said, do it. Never ask me if I have an excuse. He just says, do it. And that's my ticket out. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I'm not talking about submitting to evil. Somebody's evil wishes. I'm not, if you're on a job and somebody asks you to do something that's evil, I'm not talking about submission in that way. But having a heart of submission a heart of humility towards those that you work for and those who work for you. Having a heart of submission and heart of humility toward them. And then it says in verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do, as you do to the Lord. So in other words, this just means that simply do the same thing to your husband as you would towards your, your Lord. You would submit to your Lord so if he asks you to do something, you would do it. And same thing with your, your husband. Just be, have a submissive heart. And there's, that's powerful. And then it says in verse 23, for the husband is the head. Now, a lot of people cracked a whip on this. I never have understood that much. For the husband is the head. The word head doesn't mean dictator. You know what the word head means? It means source. It means source. What does that mean? Well, have you ever seen the headwaters of a stream? Like the Missouri River. We're down here in Missouri where the Missouri River is flowing into the... It's the end of the river. But you go all the way up north where the headwaters are. It's a clear stream. It's a lot of smallmouth in it. Smallmouth live in those clear streams. It's up in, in, in cold country. And, and if you go to the headwaters of a lot of streams, what you come to is a spring. Right? So the headwaters come up from a spring from underneath. And this is the idea that Scripture is, is bringing us here. The truth that it's bringing is that you as a husband are the headwaters of this stream. You don't dominate. You provide nourishment and encouragement and strength to the relationship. And it and you say, well, I just haven't got that. Well, you were never designed to have it yourself. You were to go to the, to the spring. And Jesus said, out of his belly will come rivers of living water. It's interesting. You, you look at some of these other scriptures. You flip to the back of the Bible. Or was it the front or the back? Well, the end of the Bible, the Re- book of Revelation. And John, one of the disciples of Jesus, he also became known as John the Revelator. 
because he was taken up into heaven. The Holy Spirit brought him to the throne of God. Isn't this incredible? He's at the throne of God, and he says, I see a river of living water boiling up. That's where we got to get to. Hear my heart, guys. That river is the answer to our problems. That river is the source of our strength. And here's, he's focusing on the husband. He said, your responsibility, your duty is to continually, regularly go to that river, go to that spring and receive life and bring that rushing river of life into every one of your relationships and at work, at home, to your children, everywhere you go, you are to connect with that and let that roll up in you and bring that. You ever mess that up, Dave? Oh, all the time. But I know where to go back. And so for 21 days, I'm asking you, go to the river of life, go to the spring. Find that everlasting, eternal river of living words that you will find in his word, you find in prayer, you will find him speak directly to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's there for you. If you'll make the intention, the purposeful intention to go to it by cutting out some food, cutting out some entertainment, cutting out some time. I know you're busy. Who isn't? I know you have things that you want to do. I know. We all have them. But is there anything more important in this life that comes from the river of life? Verse 23 again, for the husband is the head source of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, the body, which Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so should the wives submit to their husbands and everything. And you know, I look at these scriptures and I see, you know, never once have I been beat or manipulated or forced or coerced into obeying Christ. I've never, that's never happened. What, what Jesus does to me, he comes to me and he talks to me. He reveals things to me, how much he cares about me, how much he loves me. And you know, that is the motivating factor in my life. It has been for 39 years. Have I, have I always followed that? No. I'm ashamed to say no. But by coming back to him, I can find that life again. And it's powerful. But he's never beat me. He's never said anything. He's, he's spoken to me very firmly but he's never demeaned me. That's headship. That's true godly headship. And that's what God calls all of us to, but especially men. To the source of life and bring healing and bring power and bring life. Are you getting this? That's what God's calling us to do. And I throw that out to Diane. She has no trouble submission, submitting with submission. I challenge you, throw out, go to the fountain and then throw out a lot of love and see if you have any trouble with submission. But let's remember where we came from in this. We're supposed to be submitting to one another. In other words, I submit to her just as much as she submits to me. It's mutual submission. That's where the power is. You mess that up? Yeah, I mess that up a lot. And you know what I do? I have to go to her and I say, Di, I am so sorry. Does she mess it up? Yeah, she messes it up a lot. And what does she have to do? Dave, I'm so sorry. It works, guys. This is the way it works. Husbands, love your wives. Verse 25. Just as Christ loved the church. You want to hear the voice of God? Do this. He'll lead you in this. You'll hear it so clearly. And gave himself up for to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water with the word. 
So let's talk a little bit more about headship. I'll let you go here in just a second. But what goes, up, goes on in your head? Well, there's sight, see things. Husband can see things in the relationship a lot of times that maybe others don't see. That's God-given. That's good, isn't it? Can see things that would cause danger. That's sight that's happening in the head. Taste, not sure how that applies. Um, but another great thing that happens in the head, what's, what's going on in the head is communication. Communication. And guys, if, if, if we're going to benefit the most from this river of everlasting life that's, that God has for us, then I need to connect my mouth to heaven. I need to say things that I hear from God that way. I did this wrong one time early in our relationship with Diane. And uh, I, I said something that I, I was ashamed of, and you'd be surprised that I said it. And I, I, you know, I'm, I try to be as frank as I can with you so that you, you know I live a real life, not some kind of pedestal up here. Um, but I remember her looking at me and, said, and she said, don't talk to me that way. And I thought, well, she deserved it. And then the more I think about it, and the more I've grown since then, I don't see her in the same way as, especially the way that I talked to her that day. And that was early on. We've been married 31 years. Now I see it differently. I see her not as my daughter. She's my wife. She's somebody else's daughter. And I'm not talking about Bob, my father-in-law. I'm talking about my heavenly father. She's his daughter. And I get her for this 31-year-long date. But he's in heaven cleaning his gun. Because someday she's coming back. And I'll give a count and I'll give a report for how I treated her. And that's the fear of God in me. And that's what submission is. So I've never heard Christ talk to me in a malicious way. I dare not talk to her in a malicious way. And this is mutual submission that goes back and forth. We can clean up our act. We can clean up our words and speak in a way that's uplifting and encourage to one another. You can do it at work. You can do it at home. You can do it with your employees. You can do it with your boss. You can do it anywhere. Somebody say, man, give me a little support here. It's important. I want to close with just a, one little tip, and it's something that I'm just starting to practice. Um, I just heard it a couple of weeks ago. And I, I can't remember if I read it or I heard it. I just grabbed it. It was so good. Um, and I, I've been trying to locate this, relocate the source of it. So I, I don't have that for you. I'd love to be able to give that to you. When I do find it, I'll, I'll definitely share it with you. But it's called the 15-minute window. And what this is is, is when you... Well, they did a bunch of studies and they did uh, some research on relationships. They, they went and and interviewed a lot of successful long-term relationships. And they wanted to find out what is the quality that made for a healthy relationship, uh, especially a marriage relationship. And, and they interviewed these people, and they studied their lives. And they came out with this 15-minute window. And what, it was practiced in all of them in, in a little different way. But basically what it was is this, is that the first 15 minutes of these couples, the first 15 minutes after they had been apart for two hours. See, they thought when they first went into this study that it was going to be long hours that people spent with each other that made the difference and made it for a quality, highly satisfying relationship. And they found that that wasn't true. They found out that it was these couples 
that after they had been apart for two hours or more, that the first 15 minutes that they came back together, that they saw each other, they met, uh, he came home, she came home, the first 15 minutes, that if they did that well and protected that first 15 minutes and were highly responsive to the other person, paying attention, no phone on, thinking about what the other person said, that they had an, an incredible relationship. So I'd like to sh just put that in, in your toolbox. First 15 minutes after you haven't seen your favorite person, maybe they're not the favorite one right now, <laughs> but that first 15 minutes, if you haven't seen them in two hours, what can you say nice to them? What can you encourage them about? What can you compliment? How can you... Sh you know, dogs do this, right? I've had a lot of dogs in my life. I had this beagle man. He'd, he'd be sleeping all day, and then I'd come home. You know? But if I didn't have food for him in 15 minutes, he'd go lay down again. And I thought, you know, we can do the same thing when we haven't seen each other for two hours. Oh, you know, glad to see you. Let's stand. Let's get me out of this. Are you excited about hearing the voice of God for the next three weeks? I am. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you help us. Right where we are, open up our hearts. Help us to prepare them to hear your voice. And Lord, we commit to you right now that those things that you're showing us and the things that you're speaking to us we'll immediately put into application. We'll do them. We're not just going to be hearing. We're going to be doing. So speak to each one of us the things that you know, Holy Spirit, are the plan of the Father. In Jesus' name, and I ask that you bring all that you need with those words of life that we need to hear. Bring the life that we need in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Drive carefully on your way home.